what up what up what up welcome to another episode of 94 feet with coach jt um do me a favor leave a like in the comments subscribe to the podcast as i continue to grow and uh bring you some dope guests to the podcast and try to just evolve this thing man in, in 2022 already man and it's almost it's already uh march um again do me a favor like subscribe tell me what you think um before we get into this uh introduction that i got going uh man i want to give a shout out to everybody who came down to our place down in old sacramento today man the grand opening was today it was jumping i don't even know how many people was down there but the venue was popping shout out to everybody d's word of mouth um blueprint events um man everybody the photo booth the elite photo booth balloons we had it's so many people over there i'm gonna omit somebody forgive me but just appreciate you guys and all the family and friends that came out and supported and worked and helped the event and show love um yes yeah, event space downtown look us up our place uh events.com we're in old sack next to um downtown next to i think it's fire firehouse i believe that's where it is um the restaurant right next door um also start the show Outside of it being Women's History Month, I want to do a. I'm gonna do something different right now. We're gonna do. I'm jumping to this little contest right now. So Jay, if you got that flyer, you can put that flyer up with the contest, man. Um, I want to get people in sack across the world. Anybody to um submit some music. I'm looking for some dope tracks to highlight on the podcast. Um, just every show, start the show maybe with it. Do something like that. Give you a little shout out. Show some love, but also I'm looking for a track to the intro of the podcast. So, um, you got two weeks from today. Submit it to my email, coachj916 at gmail.com. A minute, minute 30 track. It could be podcast related. That would be even dope. But if you got a track that you really feel is appropriate, I can use as an intro, submit it, man. We got about two weeks and then we're going to um, review some stuff too. But also, I'm going to highlight whatever I get in two weeks. I'm going to try to highlight the local artists and give them a little shine right now. So, um, actually, the first artist I'm going to try it, I'm going to um, highlight right now. He was on my show already. Um, him and his uh, producer, Chim Chill, was on the beat. His name is uh, Joe. This track is called uh, Only, right? So you can follow Joe on Instagram. It's uh, underscore it's Joe, J-E-A-U-X, and uh, um, produced by Chim Chill on the beat. So, Jay, man, let's play that track real quick before I get to this introduction, man, so everybody can take a, take a listen to it if you got it. Nighttime lasting, but you scared to fall. So saddle up and brace yourself, cause I'm gonna give it all. And mama lifted up. Fun on DD, don't want no interruptions. Joey casting over the other seduction. And you gon' reach your peak if you follow instructions. Baby, just trust, yeah. Put your tongue on my tongue and speak the same language. Come star in this movie, I can make you famous. Kissing on your neck as you take off your necklace. And now the only thing we got on, baby, is this necklace. Now the only thing we got on, baby, is this Now the only thing we got on, can I be my main actress? Uh, that's called that's called only by joe man give it up for him i'll play that all month though give joe some love um hopefully you guys like it 
find it on iTunes, all little platforms, music platforms, it's there. All right, let me jump into this intro real quick, man. Uh, my guest today is um, a graduate of Piedmont High School. Um, I don't, the resume is so long, and this is our second time coming on the show, but our first time live. She is from Oakland, California. Um, she also finished up her college career playing at Texas Tech University. Her numbers are crazy, but also want to get into uh, what she's doing right now as well. She's a published author. She has two books out. One is called The Playground Queen. The other is called That's Not Fair, A Lesson on e Equity Versus uh, Equality. Um, she is definitely... a a baller. Her, 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 the record books don't lie. The numbers don't lie. But also, she's a, a activist. She's a, a mentor. She's a, a mother. She's also somebody who cares deeply about the influence she lives on uh, children. So, um, Dr. Casey Morris, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So, some may have caught the first interview. So, definitely want to get into a little bit of the background story of you and where you're coming from, man. For those that don't know, man, let's just give us a little insight of where you come from and where you grew up. Yes. So, yeah, from the Bay Area, lived almost everywhere in the Bay Area, but went to Piedmont High School. Parents both from Oakland. My mom went to Fremont. Dad went to Oakland Tech. So Oakland is in my heart. Um, and, you know, from there, I went to college at Texas Tech University my first year at UC Berkeley um, then transferred to Texas Tech University where I stayed there played my whole collegiate career, and then got my PhD at Texas Tech University, and then just continued to be an advocate for former athletes, current athletes, and of course, black and brown students and community members that are trying to uplift our people. That's what's up. So coming from not too far down the road, she definitely, she said she's not from Sacramento, so it's no. cool. I'm not going to give her too much, too much mess today, man. Even though she lives out here, I don't give her too much behind it. But um, so we talked about in our first interview, just uh, the overall love for the game of basketball. We basically talked about um, some people you looked up to. You mentioned your game after, uh, for those who might have missed it, just give us a little bit about who you looked up to back then and who you kind of mimicked your game after during that time of your life growing up. Yeah, so my mentors, I have so many mentors. Um, I think for women's players, it was probably Candace Parker. She was one of the first who held herself like a lady, so I appreciated that about her. Um, men's players, definitely Allen Iverson. So I tried to mock my crossover like Allen Iverson. I was a point guard all throughout my high school career. Then I went to college at Texas Tech where I started playing shooting guard. Um, of course, Kobe was one of my inspirations and Michael mm -hmm. Jordan. I, I usually like live off of his quotes. Um, but as far as personal inspirations, my dad was always my coach and kind of pushed me to be where I am today. Um, so he's definitely somebody that I look up to. That's what's up. Um, and as we talked about before, as, as you know, like being seeing the game has evolved since then, right? Um, work ethic grind hours putting in on a craft i mean as a young lady who mimics some of the greats right you saw those um how did um how much time as we talked about i said did you put on because again you're and you're mimicking people who were elite athlete player at the time so how much work were you putting in at the early age so much work i mean i used to even in high school and before high school i used to make sure i went to go to practice and before practice my dad would take me to joaquin miller i don't know if you know where that is in oakland it's mm -mm. a a big group of stairs that goes all the way up. And so we used to have to run the Joaquin Miller stairs before I went to go get some extra shots up before practice and after practice. So okay. he kind of ingrained that in me that, you know, in order to be the best, I needed to work like I was the best. That's what's up. Shout out to Pops, the family. Yeah. Sacrifice. Um, well, I talk about that, like sacrifice, right? What did you have to give up at an early age? What weren't you doing during the early childhood that some kids might have been doing that you just didn't do because you knew what you wanted to do? I, I mean, I really wasn't interested in doing anything but basketball. Yeah. I was I was really passionate about basketball probably at a really young age. So, like I said, Michael Jordan was an idol of mine. Mm -hmm. and, 
you know, when he retired, I was emotional. <laughs> so I was always in love with him um, yeah. and felt like Space Jam was like real. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, I never had, I never went out to parties and all that kind of stuff. And I never really was interested in it. I remember me and my sister tried to go to one party and it was like, this ain't for us. So <laughs> it was always me putting in work for basketball. That's kind of what made me happy is being on the basketball court. Did y'all wear tennis shoes or heels to the party? <laughs> I'll just say, that means she might have worn tennis shoes. She was about that ball. Shoes. She was about that that hoop. Like she probably wore tennis shoes. Uh, that's what's up. Um, just so being from Oakland, I mean, just in general though, what type of um, as people know, like the history of the Bay Area, Oakland, whatever. At times, you know, it's, it's definitely not you know the, the low income poverty, but it also they have success stories too. But what are some things that you had to avoid getting into or not getting into during that time growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I was really fortunate to have, like, whenever we went to go play EOYDC or Rainbow mm-hmm. or anything like that, my dad was always right there with me. So Protection. we were super fortunate, you know, it was yeah. never like we went anywhere by ourselves. It was always him getting us to the gym and him taking us where the best players were playing intentionally. So it was never, and, and I remember he used to be so protective that, like, if somebody was cussing next to us or something, they'd be like, don't cuss in front of my daughters. Now I'd be like, pops on the damn. And we were like really young. So Pops. it was never like, luckily I didn't have to have that survival instinct yeah. in me because my dad really protected He wasn't going for it. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. not going for it. That's what's up. Um, man, the numbers in high school were crazy. The time you had just, and we talked about a little bit offline right now during high school. How, how much fun was playing sports going through those, you know, outside in AAU as well, but just high school times, competition at the elite level. What what type of feeling and joy did that bring to you to be able to accomplish some of the things you did? It was amazing. I think that really made me kind of who I am today, even as a professional. Um, so when we were at Piedmont, we went to state, I think, twice. Um, we won state one year when I was a freshman. Um, and so we were always super competitive, and we always had our rivals and everything and, and felt like we played at the highest competing level. So it was never a question that we were going to play against the best players. And I think that really shaped me for – even when you go through challenges in life after sports, you really have to deal with that kind of stuff when, yep. you know, you've been playing at the highest level and your adrenaline's going and you face the adversities on the court, then that kind of matriculates over into your life after sports. So it definitely shaped who I am and I'm thankful for it for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's, that's what it's about. It's what it should be about mm-hmm. regardless of where you at. It's life lessons. And I know we get caught up in wins and losses. Some people do, some people don't, but it's the life wins and losses that you really got to be able to come back from. Yeah. That ball sure. game is okay. You can survive that, but mm-hmm. that's definitely real talk. Um, the transition from staying local to going to Texas, what was that like for you? That was very different. So I stayed local because my parents were here, you know, my families and mm-hmm. my, my family at the time when I went to Cal was living in Fairfield. And so it wasn't far away Down for the them to get to all of my home games. So, I stayed there for that reason. But when I transferred to Texas Tech, I feel like they gave me like that family type feeling atmosphere mm-hmm. the coaches did, which is why I selected them to go to transfer there. But it was always hard because I was so far from home. So when you're used to being close to home for so long, even when you travel for sports, like I said, my dad was was on my hip my whole life. So when I traveled for AAU, my dad was right there. Mm-hmm. So going to Texas, I felt like I was kind of by myself. Yeah. But then again, I always had a phone, which I'm thankful for. So yeah. I could always, I, every single game before a game, I'll call my dad and say, "So I'm about to play." You know, just get a little, just get his voice so, in my head before I play. Yeah. Sure. So it was difficult because it was a transition to be away from family, but it was still, it was necessary. I think for me at that time. That's what's up. That's that's dope. Um, you get down there, you get settled in. Uh, the humidity, climate, weather, <laughs> different talking people. 
but I'm sure you travel. You play AU, you've been all around anyway. Yeah. But um, initially, what's the first thing in your mind when you get on campus outside of the welcoming feeling? What's on your, what's like on your list? What you got to do? What are you trying to accomplish when you get there? Oh, I was trying to make sure they knew who I was. You know, they knew I was transferring. And when you're a transfer student, it's always like something comes with you. Like, mm-hmm. why is she transferring? What happened or whatever? So I was already in the court. Even though I couldn't play that year, I was always in the gym, late, shooting, doing whatever I need to do so they knew who I was. And I was building my game at the same time because when I was a freshman, I was playing really, like, anxious. Y'all would get excited when I get on the court when I was at UC Berkeley. And I knew I had things to work on, but I just went in the the gym and always worked on my shot and got really comfortable shooting. So I became a shooter before I even started playing. So I was definitely making sure they knew who I was. They gave me my respect when I came, but I was still like, I don't think, like, I'm not just all talk. (laughs) That's what's up. Um, Being from Cali, as I know, they give nick they give nicknames to every. You got you got a town, right? Um, They keep a nickname quickly. But um, what was your Spare time outside of basketball because it's important for athletes to do things. How did you kind of keep yourself sane or mind kind of even though I know hoop was everything. It's like you're on the clock. But what did you do to kind of refresh, stay focused or get away or regroup? What, what kind of things did you practice? It's, we talk about like mental health right now, too, mm-hmm. offline. What things maybe that you did that you can point out that kind of helped help you on, the, on an even kill or ready to perform? You know what? In college, I wish I and I talked to you about this last time. I wish I had more of this. I wish I knew how to meditate and mm. I wish I knew how to kind of take breaks and, and not think about basketball. But for me, when I wasn't playing, I was looking to go have fun like any other college student. Yeah. Our coach was super strict, so she really didn't let us do a lot. I had to but, sneak out, yeah. go have fun. Have yeah, yep. we had to go get it in and have fun. But yep. but I wish I had that in me where I was able to like unplug because that's one thing I did do was be in my own head a lot when I played. So I wish I didn't think so much about like when a coach said something, it would sit with me for a long time. So if I could have changed anything or improved at that time, but you know, you're young. So I know that I had to learn and grow, but if I had this mentality I have as an adult, Mm -hmm. when I was a college player, it would have been a whole different problem because I would have been able to unplug and really like regroup before I get back on the court. But I really didn't have that that much. I would go maybe sleep. I had a routine Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I would go home. You was locked in. Yeah. That's what's up. That's that's what it is though. For y'all that don't know, that everybody think it's it's one way, or they don't show it on TV or whatever. It's are you they they're on their time. Oh yeah. And I try to tell a lot of athletes the scholarship's good for one year. They may offer it to you for four, but yearly mm-hmm. that thing could be somewhere else, or you could lose oh, yeah. it if you're not performing or doing what you're supposed to do. So, you know, what I mean, it's not just a, a four year commitment. Nah. Yeah. Nah, it's not that. Yeah. Um, couple highlights, a couple things that in college you just stand out for you that you don't that you want to share or that you can enlighten us on that maybe we didn't speak about the first time or something you want to go back into that just really stick out for you that you know man you'll never forget yeah that's a good question I I think for me is when we we played against and I always look at these highlights from that game and we beat number one Baylor when they were number one and the students rushed the floor so who was on that Baylor squad Brittany Griner oh um Odyssey Sims I loaded um what was her uh, I forgot a lot of their names, but they Odyssey a, was cold too, though. Yeah, Odyssey was yeah. good. They had a good squad when we were there. Um, they were number one for a long time. Oh yeah. And so we beat them. They blew us out when we played at Baylor. So when we got them at Texas Tech and we beat them on our home floor, it just felt good. So, How far is our schools from each other? Is that really far? Because I'm not. I haven't been to Baylor. Are your schools really far away, or just kind of? Baylor, Baylor's in Waco, okay. so that's like near Dallas, kind of. Okay. Um, so it's like a three four hour drive okay so not too far though but yeah. it's close enough to where it's, it's rocking both ways oh, they yeah. bring your fans down for oh, sure yeah. they bring it was for sure some fans there from texas tech when we went there and from baylor when we came when they that's came dope. over here so it was good that's dope what uh what did you major in in college 
I majored in um, in the first year I started in business and then I switched to um, university study so I could finish early, three years early, so I could start my master's before I was done in my four years. Smart guy. Smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> smart, smart. Um, that's what's up. So during being a student athlete, right, I talk about this in my high school, college, coach in college. How difficult was the student part of it? If it was difficult for you, some people can get through it. Some people make it manage it. What were some of the difficult things you had to deal with being a student athlete? It was definitely difficult because there's an emphasis and a priority on athletics, no matter what they say. Like coaches can recruit you and say that they want you there to do good in school. But at the end of the day, they want you there so you can put some numbers on the floor. Mm -hmm. So they always emphasize sports and we get like tutors and everything. But for example, for me, it was difficult because I had I was in business at first and I remember when I was at Texas Tech, they couldn't find me a tutor For your... that tutored me in business. Right. Yeah, because a lot of the other athletes like chose not to have the more like demanding majors right. or something. So yeah. and I'm not putting that on every athlete, but a lot of them didn't. So right. <laughs> so when I tried to get a tutor for business, they couldn't find me one. And right. so it was hard because I didn't have the support I needed. So I had to go and find things like other students, like student groups and everything. When, as you know, it could be difficult because student groups be like, they be on campus at like 12 a.m. And I got practice mm-hmm. at 6, so I can't make those no, student not. study groups because yeah. I got to sleep. So That's what's it up. was tough, but um, That's made it through, up. though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always talk about like graduation for a lot of the people who come on, athletes, whatever. Just how fulfilling was that to, you know, again, you, you majoring. I mean, you getting things done, getting degrees, but just how, especially I can just think about pops in the background, moms, or how happy were they for that this accomplishment? Outside of the sports, I know they were big on that, but what about the education piece? They That was always my dad's number one priority with education. So he wanted us to play basketball to get to college so he can get a free education. So that was really the reason why he was getting us in, and I say us, like me and my sister, so. getting in basketball so we can play. Um, and I remember when I graduated, I knew the chancellor at the time, who was like really okay. in support of how I played, and he liked how I played, and his name was Kent Hance, and he let us have his box seats for my, my parents when we graduated. Oh, so they, so they were, got to come down from mm-hmm, Cali, sit in yeah. the box seat for the graduation, yeah. VIP only. Yeah. That means she must have been doing something on the court because they ain't giving <laughs> right. the box seats, just know anybody. So she had a little privilege. That's dope, though. But yeah. that's a great accomplishment and a big thanks to the parents, too, you know what I mean? Because they right. put some time in, sacrificing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's what's up, man. We'll get to this book real quick, but um, I'm give a shout-out to my, the homie, man, uh, Jay. It's a... My boy's doing the mobile homes right now, right? We're doing big business in the family and the squad, right? So he's doing mobile homes. Um, his name is Aaron Haynes. You guys looking to buy mobile homes anywhere in the in, in the world, in the country, right? In the USA, man, look him up, man. Uh, Haynes Ventures, man. He buys mobile homes, fix them up, sell them for you. Please hit him up. Um, man, they have and don't don't sleep on the mobile homes. They're they're com- they're nice. They're comfortable. Um, it's it's nice living. And also, you know, what I'm saying it could be more for your price range, man. So don't forget that. And again, I want to shout out everybody who came out to our place tonight, man. In Osac, it was popping. Um, all the vendors showed up. All the people showed support. All the family showed love, man. I really appreciate y'all. We at our place appreciate y'all because it's really our place. And that means everybody. So if you guys are looking for events for weddings, parties, uh, retirements, anything business ventures as far as um, contracts with your businesses, look us up. Uh, we can help you out and accommodate your needs with a chef. We got everything you want there, man, at One Stop Shop at our place. All right. Ourplaceevents.com. Um, let's talk books, man. Like says so um, on the first one. I'm not sure it was out yet. It was just getting ready to drop. But um, The Playground Queen, um, super dope book. The artwork is dope. Um, but also, let's talk, actually, what was the inspiration behind you even beginning to write, period? That's a good question. So, I mean, my grandmother was 
education. She she was in education, so she was a kindergarten teacher, and she was somebody who really was all about just uplifting kids and that like social, that social aspect being so important in your community and all that kind of stuff. And she was going to get her doctorate. So back in the day, like that was very mm. rare for a black woman to get a yeah. doctorate degree. And so her her drive and everything and, and the way that she is kind of inspired me to become a writer. Um, oh. She was super creative. And so I just went for it. I, it was something that I wanted to do. I was, I've always been somebody that likes creative writing. And nice. then drawing is something that I really love for so that creativity. And so I figured it was time for me to get it done. So shout out to Granny, man. My grandma, she's yeah. been gone for a while now, but she was a, a head start. Oh, she worked yeah. there for years down south. I mean, so I had my undergrad in child development and family studies. Okay. So I'm sure that's probably why I, because I was always around kids, but she was always, she went to head start, but yeah. she loved the little kids. You know, grandma showed the love, but she loved the little kids. And it's, it's not for everybody, but you special place. You got to be, you know, have a big heart. You really do. I was just telling <laughs> mom the other day, you I was like, have a big you, heart. it's got to be your call. Yeah, it does. And, but I love it because I'm like I said, every day is different for them. Even education period, though, but the little kids for sure, because they're like a blank canvas. Right. But they all need support, help, and you know, know what's going on. So, yeah, definitely shout out to any early childhood development majors or yeah. teachers, teachers in general, right? As yeah. we know, education system is not easy. It's a lot of work, but that's what's up. So some of the motivation behind this first book, The Playground Queen, where did it come from? It, it was all for my daughter. So my, um, my daughter, who's six now, she turned six in January, the end of so. January, and she's goes through her own little journey of learning and having to figure out everything. And, and this book was kind of written at the time when George Floyd was murdered. And so mm. she was seeing a lot on TV about like, you know, she saw a police's knee on his neck. And so she mm. was like, why do they keep hurting black people, mommy? So I thought it was important for me to write a book where she knew it was okay to uplift her own community. So mm. despite us going through this difficult time, she needed to know that it was fine to find somebody in classes that looked like her and, and really be like, oh, she has curly hair like me, or she has brown skin like it can me. Be you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's okay to do that. And and you're not, you know, blocking anybody else out just because you want to go towards somebody that makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. And so I wrote this book because it's all about, you know, community uplifting one another. And then, you know, if you do get into it with somebody who may be another race, or maybe they don't want to be your friends mm -hmm. because what they've seen on TV and their parents' opinions really like dictating how they treat you then you have to be able to forgive them along the way, but, you know, lean on your community to help you do that. It's amazing how little children can articulate stuff now. Way, right. you know, I mean, but it's time, right? It's 2020. So they're way ahead of advance, but they can say what they, what they want, what they want, what they feel or articulate or ask questions. Yeah. And you have to have like real conversations with three, four or five year olds now really that do. I'm sure we never had before growing right. up. Um, work working to get a book how hard is it to actually put something like that together though is it how how much time is it dedicated to your craft mm -hmm. sport working on your game mm -hmm. how much time did it take it takes a lot of time because you have to like research and and they say like the writing it and getting it out is the easiest thing the mm -hmm. marketing for your book is probably 80 percent of it and mm -hmm. so when i had to research all that stuff i had to first research how you put it together get an illustrator i had to paper illustrator and find one I liked and see how much time she took to mm -hmm. do the illustrations for the book. I had to make sure she knew my vision and, and explain to me her. So it looks like what I wanted it to look like. You got to be okay with telling her, no, that's not really what I'm I'm looking for. Yeah. So well, you you're paying for a service too though. So you got to, exactly. you got to be on point for real. Right. That's yep. what's up. And then writing, I think it just, I really wrote that book. Like I like to take notes at night. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm on my notes on my phone or something, I take notes if I have ideas. So 
I wrote the idea out probably in a night, but then I had to edit it and make sure. My mom is a court reporter, so she did the editing for it's me. Quick. <laughs> yeah. She's got some quick fingers. Yep. So, yeah, it takes time, but it's dedication for sure, but it's worth it in the end. That's definitely super dope. That's definitely dope. Um, knowing that some of this came from the, the little one's uh, thoughts and kind of her, her, her situation she's gone through and she's able to see it now. How does she feel about it? How was the response from her? You know what I mean, outside of being proud of mom, but how does she kind of feel knowing that, hey, this is kind of about me? <laughs> she loves it. It's funny you say that because she just started. Um, I put her in virtual school, so she's okay. now. I like kind of help her while I'm doing my full time job at school. And okay. Her teacher asked me to read to her classroom virtually, so she was just like all in her feelings, <laughs> like, "Mommy, this book is about me." You know, so, my the kids get to see that it's a book about me, and my mommy wrote it, so it made me feel special that she felt special yeah. in class. So <laughs> stuff that I'm sure, I mean, growing up, I don't know, we didn't see as much of it highlighted just in our communities or on TV enough. You know, people probably doing it, but now it's a time for us. We you can get that recognition, but she also can see somebody in her household is doing some right. some big and major. So that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you go to another one. I mean, we have another one right here. That's not fair. A mm-hmm. lesson on equity versus equality. Now, this mm-hmm. even the title a little deeper. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a little deeper, a little heavy, man. Give us some background behind that. Yeah, this one. So this came about because I from my job that I work with now, I work with a lot of like CEOs or executives. And, and, you know, sometimes we have conversations about like, you know, I don't understand why we need to do this stuff for equity and, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't interchange equality with equity because equity is really like helping people who are starting it's two different behind. things. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so I figured, I said, I think, you know, you got to teach kids earlier than later so that they know when they get older, you know, if you teach them early enough and they're not going to be trying to relearn what they shouldn't have been learning from the beginning. And we keep talking about like critical race theory and all this stuff okay. in, in classes where they're trying to go back and really t- teach the real history and not the made up history mm-hmm. now. So I know that's a controversial topic, but I was like, it's it's time for me to write something where kids can start learning about this deep stuff that really makes sense. I'm definitely big on uh, learn behavior. I mean, it's just because there's so much influence, right? That's what people are called influencers, stuff like that. Yeah. So if you influence or teach early, mm-hmm. I guess, but then it comes to down to like based on what you're teaching them with the principles behind it, it would help them. You know, they'll know earlier. They kind of get a sense of what it is. Right. Um so what age group and rate appropriate for like this this book is catered to? Or what, what, what's your target area? This is 6 to 12. So I made it so it's a larger okay. gap. So the Playground Queen was like, I think, four to eight-year-olds. So you cover both eight. Yeah. The whole range. I'm going to take that to school with me. Then I'm going to take it to my kids. For 12, we can take it to my, my high schoolers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I got you know my nephews is in middle school. So yeah. they can they can take a look at one of them in middle school. So, yeah. okay, that's, that's dope. So these conversations, though. Because like I said, um, have you got a chance to present these to any kids yet? Any students? I haven't yet because it's so new. So it just okay. released um, February. So last month, oh, yeah. mid-February it the did. 17th, it just released. So I haven't been able to present it yet. But there are people that are asking for me to present it. And so I'm excited about that. But I know it's going to be a different kind of dialogue. And a lot of yeah. people aren't ready for it. So that's what I was going to ask how that go. But, I mean, that's a good thing to you should get ready for it. But while we're talking about right now, where can they find these books at right now? Because we kind of led into that so right now. So first off, if you guys are looking for somebody to come out and read these books or present these books to your classrooms or to your students virtually or wherever you want to do, um, look her up, hit her up. 
the age yeah. range for both books, but also um, they got the one for middle school, high school group too. So where can they find and purchase your books at or get in contact with you at? Yeah, so I have an Instagram at Dr. Casey's Books underscore. And at that Instagram, there's a link to my link tree. If you go to my link tree, you can purchase all of my books. They're also available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart. Target, so a lot of the bigger in Wally's um, world. Yeah, <laughs> she made it. <laughs> so a lot of the larger bookstore names, you can buy my books there. But if you wanted a signed copy, go to the link, and I could send you a signed copy. Super dope, man! Signed copies, and uh, let me shout out the homie Dwight Taylor for the plug. Yeah, I gotta see. I always gotta take care of my people. See, I forget. <laughs> I mean, the, I I posted something last week. I said, don't forget that people actually connected you to somebody else or plugged you. So yeah. you got you gotta show them love too, because without somebody or whatever, we may not be here today. So I definitely shout out D Taylor man uh doing big things mm -hmm. definitely supporting me in his in his in his venture here too but he's he's rocking him his foundation and the family yeah. so shout out to the to the homie man um he actually just presented at one of our clients yep. at, for a black history month event so he's hey, doing his thing connected though like-minded yeah. people be around but also support each other and that's yeah. what we're here for too so again you guys and i would always do is i'm gonna post on my socials i'll post her on our tagger um have any questions please do hit it up if you want to figure some things out about what you got going books orders or reading uh, tap in tap in um this book though some of the end goals for you what are we looking to do like so we talked about educating but what are we looking to do let's think maybe even let's go small picture in the next couple whatever with this book out what are we looking to do or what type of impact you're looking to have yeah so i really just wanted to start conversation i think that's the first step to making change is having conversation about mm -hmm. it and so if it gets in the hands of like for example dwight actually helped me out with getting a lot of my books into the sacramento schools for the playground queen this would be a great one to get in the principal's hands and teacher's hands. And even I talk about it even with like business owners, because a lot of times like that diversity piece and equity mm -hmm. piece is a big topic right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know where to start talking about it. And so this book can be a conversation starter, um, even if you maybe don't really understand or don't agree with it yet. This book is a great conversation starter. It's, it's easy and it rhymes. And so it kind of makes sense. It's a flow. It's a, it's a yeah. good read, an easy read. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I like easy read. I like easy <laughs> reads. But some, yeah, I, mean, I like stuff, you know, more so reading now. But definitely, I mean, it just, you never know who your audience is, right? Yeah. So I want to keep engaged. Yeah. Um, I mean, look on the back, it says the name Jordan. Is that a part, Jordan and Justin, right? Are those uh, fictional characters or actually some kids you might have run into? No, that's a good question. It would have been smart to do real characters, but I, those hey, are just fictional you never because know. they rhyme. So okay. I did it like that because they rhymed is what I was yep. doing. Yeah. Definitely dope. Um, something like this, um, like I said, it, it's it's the start of something even more, right? It, it's evolving uh, long term with this. Because I'm seeing that your book right there is moving and it's getting um, people reaching out there. They're highlighting it. They're showing love, but also implementing their classrooms. Mm -hmm. Pretty much we're looking to get the same same level, but also bigger scales with this book. Yeah, I would love that to be a bigger scale because, like I said, I think this one is, is huge on community building. And mm -hmm. there's a there's an important message in this one, too, about community. But this one is really like something that can prompt a little controversy, which is not a bad thing, in my opinion. Right. I think for me, like I said, it's a conversation starter that's important because if we don't talk about it, then we're never going to understand how we can work with each other to fix it. And so mm -hmm. equity being such a, a large topic right now, it could be something that people use to just say, hey, I think you just want to read this and kind of see what my thoughts are with this. And it's the right, like I said, it rhymes. So it's easy to read. It's the simplest form. Dope understand equity dope 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 so uh, that's what's up i definitely uh can see where you're going with that and now i think i mean that really is just like let's just get it out there let's yeah. let's get it out there get it in the hands of people for real um let people get to reading it and, sh and sharing it with people openly right because mm -hmm. i mean some people can't 
um, advocate for themselves or know how to kind of bring it across. But if you're helping them out, yeah, why not? Why exactly. not? Why not use the book and hopefully people are doing it. Um, overall, for you though, how is did you imagine this coming after the playing career was going to be your next phase of your life? I didn't know. I feel like I knew I wanted to do something creative, um, but I didn't know that I was going to be writing children's books. So. I'm glad I kind of went for it. But if you would have asked me that, like when I was playing, <laughs> I would have been like, no, I'm about to be in the WNBA or I'm about to be playing overseas. I never mm-hmm. thought after, like, I really didn't think about life after sports mm-hmm. until it really ended for me because my my hope and plan before I got injured was to continue to play for a long time after mm-hmm. I finished in college. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you get your master's in, first off? Media communications. Media communications. Okay. Mm-hmm. Undergrads in what? in university studies so things are kind of going together and then the doctorate is higher education higher education so you got at the edu- higher education youth whatever mm-hmm. but then you also got you said media studies mm-hmm. so you had to market your books mm-hmm. all that stuff right okay so it all flows so having a plan well did that plan as you know we all meet with counselors right but sometimes they give us pathways some are good some you know versa. was that kind of a plan you put in place early because that seemed like it's kind of it's kind of guided mm-hmm. you knew one to the next to the next no, I don't think so. I think that it really is almost when we try to like stress ourselves out with what we need to do next, it gets a little bit too complicated because mm-hmm. there's never really a right answer. Yeah, I've even heard people say like, I don't know why you get a PhD. And I'm like, who questions that? But, you know, if you don't apply your PhD and mm-hmm. say, I have a PhD and this is why I need to be at this table, then it really is a waste. Like people don't know you got it. So it really is yeah. about how you market whatever you try to go achieve in college after you get out of college. It makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because it depends what your field of work is going to be, but also right. certain positions, certain jobs, you want them zeros behind it. Right. That PhD right. gets you them zeros behind <laughs> right. it, depending on what you do, right? Especially yeah. in education and world and field, if you certain jobs or yeah. certain build, um, get that PhD behind it. Um, mm-hmm. What's next? Outside of this coming right now, if you anything you could share, or what's kind of, you got some other things that we may not give the full disclosure now, mm-hmm. but you got something else coming in the works? I think as far as like, I do want to continue to write children's books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to keep doing that and kind of gauge on what my audience is like and see what their their mind is. But I'm always going to make books that uplift black and brown kids. So that's never going to change no matter what my audience wants. Um, but yeah. I do, outside of my books, I've been talking to my sister, which is up and coming. We're talking about starting eventually like a business around making sure that we help people with understanding diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is something in the work. So we haven't you know, created it. Yeah, both of us have deep knowledge and experience in the field. And so we think that, you know, being young black women who have who have worked with many CEOs, executives and, yeah. you know, have the education to back it up. She has her PMP um, figuring out how we can do that and, and be successful and helping businesses like black businesses and businesses that maybe don't get helped a lot because right. they can't afford those larger tech organizations to help them. So want to focus on that definitely dope gotta tap you i told my sister earlier i tap in with you she's a principal at a local middle school with kid carson uh yeah she, I, but you gotta give me the shout out bro that's my twin too but you know that's my <laughs> other half man but that's, that's that's my dog yeah. um but she's a principal too and i was telling something that's else dope. i think they do i think it's uh seven to twelve i'm not sure if it's k-12 but somebody else and she's looking always to support and bring people in too um do i actually spoke to her staff too so but in other people in district too right is you know they, they can all use a resource so mm-hmm. we we'll definitely have to make sure we we Let's throw some communication it. out there to make sure we get people out there. Um, hey, it's something that we haven't had and it's there now, so we got to go with it. Yeah. Um, I know we did our, you did your, I did your ask for your three a while ago, probably, but at the end, you're triple third, right? As you know, the game, right? Dribble, pass, shoot, all that right now. Um, 
but right now again if there's something new if it's changed but I definitely want them them to hear you to give me a triple threat again or something that you can hang your head on, right? Something that you 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 tell your morals on, your values, all your stuff by uh, that you can share to everybody. Three things. Yeah, I did. Sure, they probably changed since the last. Time. So, hey, but that which is, and I was talking to somebody else though, right? It's not a bad thing because I think that's how we make progress, or that's how we learn from losses or wins. So I got to change my focus a little bit. Okay, now my thing is different. So, hey, like I said, it's it can it can change. So it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. So my triple threat, I think, is to what I've learned and how I've changed. And my triple threat probably changes probably once a year. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's or maybe once every three years or something. But I definitely want to continue to change it. And I think um, one thing would be to make sure you're living in your purpose. So mm. figuring out what you want to focus on and make sure that's tied to your purpose. Make sure so you're living you're, in your purpose. Yep. And so if you're doing something that you feel like is detached or is not fueling whatever your purpose is, and you may want to like shift a little that bit. energy. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is to make sure that we're focused on and I'm focused on, you know, fail, failures or something that can turn into a positive. And so embrace failures and embrace things that you think may be a mistake and help it yeah. to make you a better person. And then I think like COVID has really made me realize that um, like for me, my purpose is part of this. But I think even separately, um, keeping your family and loved ones really close. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, there's, there's been some crazy trying times and you've seen people that have, you thought were like in your corner that may for whatever reasons have, have kind of mm -hmm. shifted a little bit. Um, and just making sure you know who that circle is and keeping them tight and making sure you tell them you love them and, you know, reciprocate whatever energy they're giving to you because you never know how short their time could be. And that's something that you really cherish, you know, especially in these uncertain times, like I said, it's just something that, we never know what's going to happen. So make sure you love everybody that you love really yeah, hard. Definitely, definitely dope, man. Definitely. I, I would even say that too. I mean, the last year and a half, two years for everybody's been up and down, different families, different struggles, different successes, though. There's some been some successes yeah. too, right? I mean, we got yeah. some good, you know what I mean? So I think it just, it, it, it pressure makes, you know, those diamonds out of, out of people too, but also you can produce some things that we got to either detach from or you yeah. grow to adapt and and evolve from. So I definitely, yeah, but just praying for everybody who's going through something. Mm -hmm. I mean, shoot, I mean, it's a lot of nationals we're going through. Can't Can't run from it. Yeah. It's it's day-to-day it's -day living as we talk about like mental health, you know what I'm saying, stuff offline, stuff that I'm doing in my new position now. It's 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 needed. But I think outlets like these, um, people talking about it more, you said we talk about it yeah. or offer resources, mm -hmm. we can help uh help change. Um, so I definitely want to do that. Um I definitely again want to put out there, got two weeks from today. I'm taking all all tracks. <laughs> give give me about a minute, minute thirty maybe. I'm going to highlight you guys. You know what I'm saying? You got two weeks to put them in. Submit them to CoachJ916 at gmail.com. Um, who got bars? But if you want to throw something in there about the podcast, give me something like that. Dope. Uh, if you have a track that you do want to highlight that is still um, age somewhat appropriate, not, you know what I mean? We can play stuff on here, but I want to keep it for everybody. Um, I want to do that as well. And um, I want to give everybody a chance to give some love, man, because I want to use it as a platform to build bridges, um, link other people together, and I never you never know who's going to be on. Um, like I said, man, we got a studio in the, in, in a, a booth in the studio, so that's my next hope. Get some people come in and get in the booth in the, like we used to do in the basement years ago <laughs> and just add some flavor to the podcast, man. And um, Jay, one more time, if you don't mind, I'm going to play this track again. It's by It's Joe, man. Joe is definitely on the move. I'm going to give him a little more love, man, because I think this song is super dope. And if you can, I would like to hear it in the headphones up here, too. We heard it, but I, I want to go from there. There we go. But, um, yeah, it's called Only by It's by Joe. All right. Y'all enjoy the track for a minute before we get out of here. Thank you.
But you scared to fall So saddle up and brace yourself Cause I'm gonna give it all And I'ma lift it up Fun on D&D, don't want no interruptions Joey casting over the other seduction And you gonna reach your peak if you follow instructions Baby, just trust me, yeah Put your tongue on my tongue and speak the same language Come star in this movie, kissing on your neck as you take off your necklace. Now the only thing we got on, baby, is this dress. Now the only thing we got on, baby, now the only thing we got on Can I be my main actress? We can make a movie, you ain't got it, your action By the way you move it, I can see the satisfaction Face deep in the pillow, got you fucking up your lashes Scratches on my neck and spine Cause you won't let me go The way that you keep talking shit I can tell you want some more Baby, that's passion I know it's been a minute since you had it you got my attention, no distraction. We on the same page with our actions, our actions. Oh, oh, oh. Put your tongue on my tongue and speak the same language. Come star in this movie. Beats from Sacramento, man. I had them on this podcast a few weeks ago, man. Tap into Chim Chilla. Follow Joe. Follow Chim, man. That song is going to hit the charts tough all right 916 over everything baby um also actually before we get out of here though casey uh i just we're there's some things in the works trying to get the, the retired hooper back on the court over here so we'll, we, we might have some news for y'all soon about that and uh some connections with some other people and prior guests ladies if you're interested in doing some uh pro basketball stuff still at a high level elite level trying to get overseas if you're here in sac tap in uh coach j 916 or 94 feet with coach jt send me an email send me a message um we got something rocking in, in in the works i posted a few weeks ago on my instagram i posted again we're looking to put a little squad together serious hoopers only yeah about that business because you represent the area out here but your game as well um put yourself on display for other people other teams if you're still trying to play ball or if you still want to get after it um, you know, so that's something we got in the works right now. Uh, definitely, hopefully, I have my point guard right here standing next to me, that's and we're gonna see what's going on, man. So, um, from Dr. Casey Morris, from Coach J, 94 feet with Coach JT, appreciate y'all for listening in. Like, subscribe to the podcast, tap into us, man. Hey, grab the books, finder, grab the books, man. Please go grab them right here. All right, you got two of them, man. Go two for two from the line, should appreciate it, man. Um, uh, and uh, that's that's about it, man. So again, y'all be safe, stay blessed. We out, peace.